You can't get those three and a half minutes of your life back, can you? So, if you're old enough to have seen that, maybe when it came out or when you were a kid, you don't remember that part, do you? Like, you don't remember thinking about what, you're like, what is going on there at the end, right? You're just, okay, Rocky and Apollo are training, so... That's the way it was, that's the way it is, and uh, that is Rocky training to fight the big bruiser. Anybody remember who the big bruiser was in Rocky, that's Rocky 2, right? No, 3, that's Rocky 3. Anybody remember his name? Mr. T, yep, Clubber Lang was the character, yep, and uh, he, was, he was a bad dude. Uh, play, that, play that one clip. You are going to eat the but I pay the food. That's a bad dude right there. You don't mess with Mr. T. I got one more for you. You ready? Go ahead. Pain. I love that. That's my favorite line right there. So, so you know, that's what the real world. We're in this series called Fight, and we're talking to guys, but everything we talk about applies to all of us, but, we're, but I'm really talking to guys, challenging guys in this series, and um, you look at, at uh, Clubber Lang there, and you see some of the things that the world says, this is a real man, and uh, for those of you that are new with us, uh, don't feel uh, weirded out, but I do throw out questions to our congregation we're in a living room, you know, basically of a house, so we're pretty relaxed around here. But if you feel comfortable and you want to throw something out, feel free. Um, but if not, don't worry about it. Don't feel pressured. But let me ask you guys this. What are some qualities that the world says a real man has? What are some of those qualities? Strength, yeah. Like physical? Is that Mandy? Fearless? Yeah? Courage? Okay, these are all good things so far. Yeah? What's that? Confidence. Confidence. Um, for those of y'all that are new, that's my handwriting. I'm sorry. Emotionless. Oh, yeah. Emotionless. Integrity? Okay. Okay. What's that? Has money? Yeah. Cash flow. All right. One more. What else? Aggressive. Yeah, aggressive. Right. Mr. T. By the way, in doing the research for these videos, um, you pretty much have to watch the whole movie. And uh, you want to talk about aggressive, boy, those Rocky movies are, are pretty, pretty aggressive. I mean, it looks like they're hitting each other sometimes. So, so these are some of the things that the world says a real man should have. And, and, and some of these things are great, and some of these things you're kind of like, oh, I don't know, is that really a quality? And so last week what we looked at, was Josiah, Josiah, and we looked at how Josiah was an actual, real man, okay, and here's what we saw, 
A real man does what is right no matter what the consequences are. A real man does what is right no matter what the consequences are. Today, I want us to talk about our, our training, okay? Not necessarily in the way Rocky did it, but our, but our training. And not necessarily um, in us being trained, but who we, as Christ followers, are training. Um, and more importantly, how we are training them. Now, when you are training physically, uh, what do you eat? What do you eat? Protein. That's right. Now, last week I gave everybody a prize. And if you didn't make it, last week we've, got, we've still got a few left over. So if you didn't grab a knife, uh, go ahead and grab one. Just pass them back. But you're right. If you're, if you're training, then you need some protein. And so I figure today it's hot outside. Maybe tough. We need some protein. Okay? So I think there's 30, uh, there's 36 of them in here. There's 35 because I already ate one. So uh, I think we have enough for everybody. Just grab one and uh, feel free to dive into those bad boys. That's what you do when you, you train protein, meat. You, you eat beef, right? When I was in college, I weighed, I think I've told some of you this story, but I weighed 150 pounds, a buck 50 in college. I was skin and bones from the time that, y'all seen Ty, right? I mean, Ty, my, he's, he's just tiny. And uh, I, I was like that, only taller in college. So I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on some weight. And my, this is a blessing, I guess, but my metabolism was just going, going, going. And um, and I said, I'm going to put on some weight. I started drinking two milkshakes a day. I mean, the big ones, right, from Chick-fil-A. Um, just two milkshakes a day, eating beef and steak. I worked out twice a day. I couldn't, I, my goal was to gain 25 pounds. I struggled to gain 15. And if I stopped eating or working out, it was gone, right? I had to constantly eat protein, protein, protein. And it was, it was just awful and I don't know why I wanted to do it but I, I tried and I just couldn't get to where I wanted to get today I want to talk about getting to where we want to get as men and and as I said this applies to everybody um, but I'm really focusing on in on men and so there's one aspect that you that you can have that will make or break you as a man there's one aspect that you can have that will make or break you as a real man. It's something that you have to give. It is one of the things that you have to have in order to have a great legacy. If you do not have this, if you do not have this, then very few people will look at you fondly. This is something you give in order to establish that lasting legacy. But the culture, our culture, our world will tell you the exact opposite. They'll say do the exact opposite of what, what is being told uh, in Scripture if you want that exact same lasting legacy. And so when it comes down to it, we do have to make a choice. Either the church and Scripture are lying to us or the world is lying to us. Now, sometimes a man will try to buy his way into someone's heart. We've all kind of 
been there, experienced that. Ladies, you've probably been there. You know, now, when you're dating someone, you, you pay for the date. That's the right thing to do, okay? Everybody understands that. Um, but when the relationship doesn't progress from buying stuff, you know what I'm talking about? You just keep buying stuff, and it's like, here's this, here's that, here's that. The relationship will stall, right? If you really want a relationship, it's going to stall. When a father tries to buy his kids stuff, and it doesn't progress in the relationship, with those kids, the kids end up seeing the father as a piggy bank. And not only that, but they'll begin to resent the father, right? They'll begin to to look at him and say, well, he's not giving me money anymore. Well, I don't know about this. And so here's the thing. Gifts are temporary, okay? Money is short term. How many, (laughs) I can go online right now. I kid you not. I can go online right now and with one click of a button, I can spend $1 million. I don't have it but I can spend $1 million. That's how quick money can go. Isn't that amazing? $1 million. Possessions, the things that we have are fleeting. They, they're going to dissolve, disappear, break down. And there's a reason that there is a huge fatherless epidemic in our nation. And it's just plain selfishness. That's really what it is. Now, I want to do what I want to do, and I'm not going to let my spouse or my kids or my friends or anybody tell me what to do. That's kind of the mindset, right? But what the culture doesn't tell us is the timeline 12 years down the road when the wife has gotten fed up with you and has taken off, and when the kids are teenagers And they're rebellious as all get out. And they have no respect for anyone, including you or anybody else. And so they become a replica of what has been modeled for them. So there's this amazing aspect of Jesus that is rarely pointed out. But it is so pervasive throughout the Gospels that it doesn't have to be pointed out. And so what Jesus constantly gave made him the man in the eyes of the disciples. Made him the man in the eyes of the disciples. And what Jesus gave is the very same thing that makes us men today. The one thing that you have to give is... Your time. A clock. (laughs) Your time. The one thing you have to give is your time. And like I said, this applies to everyone, but it especially applies to men. And one minute is precious because it is something that God gives us. When a man doesn't give of his time to those that are closest to him, he distinguishes himself as a poor leader. Jesus teaches us a different way. He gives us a challenge because every guy has this in us where we're like, you know, I want to go play. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to just lay down. I just want to hang out. I just don't want to be bothered. And Jesus challenges that within us. And he says, I have a better way, and that is to give time. It is the most precious commodity that you have, that God has given you. 
And he challenges us to invest it in our spouse, in our children, in our friends, in our co-workers, those people who are closest around us. We, we have neighbors that are like grandparents to us. And we sit on their porch for hours on end, investing our time in them, just loving them. Now, I want to show you this, and it is so pervasive. You can go through, you can almost take your Bible and open it up to any page in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and find a, a verse like this. So I'm just going to go through a few verses uh, in John uh, just to kind of point this out. It's not like there's, normally I take one passage and we'll walk through it word for word and kind of look at it. But this is, like I said, so pervasive that um, I just want to point this out to you. John 139. 139, where's it at? Next page. Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent that day with him. It was about the 10th hour. Jump down to chapter 2, 1 through 2. On the third day, so they've been together for third day, three days. This is him and his disciples. A wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. So, now... <laughs> They, the first verse, they spent the day together, they're hanging out. By the time we get to this wedding, we've got three days, right? What do guys do at a wedding? I don't think anything's changed in 2,000 years. I really don't. You've got a group of guys who are at a wedding, they're sitting at a table trying to avoid the dance floor, right? I mean, that's what they're doing. They're hanging out together. Verse 12 in chapter 2, it's a... It says, after this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. So now, in our culture, we're getting into that territory where it's like, all right, you're wearing out your welcome, right? After one, two, three days, some of y'all may be five, seven days. Some of you may be like a couple of hours. It just all depends on how you were raised, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, hey, it's fun. Out. All right? So... This is, this is kind of that wearing out your welcome time, but you don't see that. You never even hear of this. All you hear about Jesus is, I want to spend more time with him. I want to hang out with him. So they hang out for a few days. One more. Chapter 3, verse 22. It says, after this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Time. Time, time. Now notice how much Jesus gives. It's a lot. He doesn't just give of his time, though. Okay? And you can't just give of your time and expect to be man of the year. You can spend time with horrible people, right? I mean, you can. And, and you know, I was reading articles. I was going to use them as an example, but Lee didn't want me to. She didn't think it was a good idea. And uh, I agree with her. I agree with her. Uh, but, you know, you're just reading articles about how they're watching these kids, but they're not really watching kids. They're supposed to be babysitting. And, I mean, there's just, you can spend time with people, and it's not good time. And there's a reason that Jesus and your parents told you to be very careful about who you spend your time with, right? But then on the flip side, you've got a lot of people in your life who you've spent time with, who have invested in your life for the better, right? Let me, let me ask you guys that question. Who influenced you for the good 
as you were growing up? Who influenced you the most? Can y'all think of anybody? Father, parents, right? Let me write this in blue. All right. Father. Well, parents. Who else? Some of <laughs> Some friends. Boy, Josh. Who knows where Jerry would be without Josh? That's what, my, that's what my dad would always tell me. He'd go, son, these friends you're hanging out with, I'm going to catch you face down in a ditch one day. I'm like, oh my goodness. I quit hanging out with them. It scared me. Who else? Teachers, yeah. Youth pastor, yeah. Wow, this, this gets worse as it goes. All right. Not that, not what y'all are calling out, my handwriting, my handwriting. <laughs> One more, Any, anybody else? Brother and sister, yeah, there you go. Sometimes my kids could say that about themselves. Sometimes they couldn't. So. so here's the thing. The people that you spend your time with influence you the most. Now, this is common sense. You know this. You've probably heard this a million times. But you also know that you've gone against it sometime, just like I have, and you found it to be true, right? It can't just be time that you spend. You have to give quality time where you are intentionally investing in that other person. Now, when you are interested in someone and you're single, you take them out on a date. When you are married, you t- still go out on dates. Right, notice all the women are like, dates! <laughs> now, here's the thing. When you are intentionally investing your life, it takes a lot of time. And sometimes it can be frustrating. With children, sometimes it can be Real frustrating. Um, I was sitting down working, uh, I guess it was Friday, trying to get some admin stuff done, and y'all know how I love administration, right? Just it's my favorite thing. And so I'm trying, I'm focused, I'm trying to get it done, but Eli and Ty also have these reading, these books they have to read over the summer. They're going into second and third grade, and they're giving them homework over the summer. What's, what's the world coming to? Um, so, so Eli sits down, he says, can you read with me? Can you help me? So play, play this clip, uh, Matt. Look here, it is. Okay, 
okay, pretty simple, right? It's a paragraph, right? He had two chapters to read. Two chapters at that pace, okay? And I apologize for his pointer finger. That is his pointer finger. That's the way he doesn't know. Um, so we're sitting there for about, I don't know, after 30 minutes, it could have been four hours. Who knows? And at one point, you know, I'm just, you feel the fire in you. You're just like, oh, I got work to do, you know. And, and, and I'm sitting here just reading, and, and, and then finally I just gave up. You know that feeling where you just like give up and you release all the anger and you're just like, whatever, I give up. And so when I did that, I started falling asleep. All right, we're sitting in my office chair, and I put my, I put my, my feet together like this, and, uh, and he's sitting back and, and leaning on me, and he's reading, and I'm following. I mean, he is lulling me to sleep. It is just like, whoa. And, and my feet, as I fall asleep, you know, you start to hit that deep sleep. My feet come apart, and I jump up, and he jerks, and he's like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, that's, uh, that's crumpled, buddy. That's crumpled right there. Um, you know, and I kept going back. I mean, two chapters. Ten pages, not even long chapters, but it just kept going and going and going. Sometimes it can be frustrating, and you've got to learn to say, this is my role. This is where God has placed me here. But see, here's the thing. Even this does not guarantee the installation of good values, right? Reading is great, but just because you, you talk to somebody and you're a nice person doesn't necessarily mean you believe in Jesus, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to pass on great value. You can pass on values that flow right along with the world and the culture and have a legacy that never surpasses this life because what is taught is temporal. Here's the thing. Jesus-centered quality time. Jesus-centered quality time is the best way to spend your time. And by that, I mean you are focused on Jesus at all times so that you intentionally or unintentionally invest in those around you. You are giving eternal advice, eternal wisdom, eternal knowledge. Sometimes you don't even realize it because Jesus is in you, working through you, out of you. And then later on, you're in bed thinking, I was talking to that person. Wow, I didn't. That's crazy that I would share that. That's kind of cool. And it doesn't matter whether you're fishing, whether you're, you're, you're reading the Bible. It doesn't matter who you're talking to, a friend, a spouse, or kids. Intentionally investing your time in someone else so they can be closer to Jesus is the best use of your time. Leave and I uh, have started uh, taking the kids out individually. Like, we've got three kids and um, so we'll take them out to get an icy individually because as a group, you know, it's just all chaos. We go to Sam's and it's like we've taken over, you know. They're just running around the aisles. Some people hate it. Some people love it. We don't care anymore, you know. But individually, you can sit down and we want to set up a system now where they know that they can talk to us later when they have, when they're teenagers, right? When, when um, they get older and the attitudes start and all that kind of stuff. Now, here's the thing. We are also very careful to keep our ears open um, for the things that they hear, right? TV or uh, friends or people within their hearing. We've got some awesome neighbors, but sometimes they, 
don't say awesome things, right? Um, and so we're always listening, and then in private, we'll kind of address those issue, issues. And they're getting exposed to a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff in our neighborhood, on the ball field, right? Uh, all these places, they hear all kinds of crazy stuff. And so we'll take them aside and we say, listen, you know, for years we've been telling this, you know, th- this, is, this is a curse word, and, and God, God doesn't like this. This is a disrespectful word. This is a hateful word, you know. And we tell them why God doesn't like it. And we tell them what are good things to talk about, how to encourage people, how to build people up and love them. And so we've been teaching them that for quite a while. And, um, you know, my kids are, are eight, seven, and five. And when we talk to these things, they get it to an extent, you know. They're eight, seven, and five, so they also kind of look at you like, yeah, 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 okay, okay, I got it. Don't say that word. Okay, cool. Um. And that's on top of the questions that they ask us. We were coming home from baseball practice the other day. And Ty goes, he said, Daddy, when you die, does your spirit float up to God or is it just there? And you're like, oh, oh my goodness. Okay, all right, here we go. Let's think about this, you know. And and scripture is clear that it says it says when you're absent from the body, you're present with the Lord, you know, but then you've got the question, well, you know, absent from the body, is it like a boo, you know, that kind of thing. And and I'm trying to work through all the scenarios in my head. And I just say, listen, this is what the Bible says. And and, you know, so I'm guessing that you're just with God and you don't float up. I said the movies will make it look like you float. And I'm explaining all of this stuff. And he didn't really care about any of that. Here was his concern. He said, after I've explained all of this and went through this long thing, he said, okay, well, I was just wondering because, you know, when you float up, you're eventually going to get to space, and I don't think you can breathe in space, right? Yeah, buddy, your spirit doesn't need breath anyway, so don't, don't worry about it. Oh, okay, so like problem solved. Either way is good for him, right? So this and so much more is what has to happen in order to, to properly disciple anyone in our post-Christian age. We are in a post-Christian age. Just because there's a bunch of churches around doesn't mean there's a lot of people who are following Christ. And you cannot disciple someone unless you are present and unless you are focused on Jesus. So guys... Let me ask you this. Who are those people in your life who have taken up that follow me challenge? Who are those that, that like Jesus' disciples, where he came up and he said, follow me? Who are those people in your life? Now, I know you're not saying it because that would be very weird, right? How awesome, though, would it be to, to like just see that? Somebody approach a girl and say, follow me. And then get slapped, they get jacked, but it'd be funny. Uh, so you're not saying it, but people are doing it. Whether you like it or not, people are doing it. Uh, your spouse, your kids, friends that you have, coworkers, people are following you. And none of them can follow you if you don't spend time with them. The question you need to ask is, who are you making them disciples of? And this applies to everybody because everybody has somebody that's following them. But especially for guys, who are you making them disciples of? You or Jesus? 
your girlfriend, your wife, your kids, these are your primary disciples. Peter, James, and John were Jesus' primary disciples. Are you pointing them towards you or pointing them towards Jesus? Presence is permanent. Presence is permanent. And I don't mean physically. I mean right here. Someone who spends time with you, you remember them. You love them. Being there is lasting. Spiritual investment in others is eternal. Jesus' method was a personal involvement in life. He called his disciples to be with him. Jesus' disciples were with him on trips, on prayer retreats, on times of worship, eating, sailing, healing, casting out demons. How freaky would that be, right? You're just a fisherman, and then all of a sudden, ha, 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 okay. You know, fishing, all of these things. Jesus is with them. They're together in the deserts, in the cities, in the synagogues, in the homes, at weddings, feasts, funerals, all of these places. But here's the thing. Here's what I'm sure about. Jesus was also a normal guy, right? He still talked about normal guy stuff, fishing, cooking. He was a carpenter, so he talked about carpentry, walking around. That's all they did, walking around. They probably talked a lot about their bodily aches, right? Because they're, they're guys and they manual labor and so they're probably always like, man, my back hurts. And, oh, I got a rotator cuff problem. You know, that all kind of like, you know, like guys do, right? They're talking about their kids, their past, their hobbies, as well as, as well as talking about their heavenly father. And that's what a real man does. He gives of his time in the mundane things, in the spiritual things, and he takes them and he leads in that way, when you give your Jesus-centered life away to others, you are training them to walk with him. That, that is true discipleship. Father, you are an incredible God and you challenge us to be leaders. You challenge us to be men not as the world calls us to be men, because the world says that we can come home, the world says we can change clothes and we can go out and play and not worry about family or responsibility, and that's what makes a man, but you make it very clear what a man is. It is to spend time and invest in those that are closest to us. We pray that this, is, that this would challenge each person in this room, man or woman, God, we ask that you will work in our hearts to bring about that change that we need. May we give of our time as you gave your time to us by spending 30-something years here on this earth and dying on a cross for us. Father, we thank you for your sacrifice and for how you've shown us to be men and women who follow you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.